Hello to anyone listening. I'm Chris Lowley, the editor of CityWire Selector based in London. And I have with me Audrey Raj, who's the editor of CityWire Asia based in Singapore. So, Audrey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Chris. One reason we wanted to talk and one reason that makes sense for us to talk is, well, many, many reasons. With the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we've seen that it has stemmed from the Asian region, moved across the world, and it's now... um, it's almost gone in waves in the sense that it is much more prominent here, but I think that's also because I'm based here, so I see more of it here. But what we're hearing is that the situation has evolved quite rapidly or changed in Asia. And we've worked together quite recently on a publication called View from Asia, where your team put together the market view from the Asian market. So it made perfect sense to actually ask you what was going on in the region. So what is the mood of the people you're speaking to or have spoken to for that View from Asia report and just in general? You see, uh, just to go back a little, uh, we've had the virus situation for about over a month now. So Asia in that regard. So we've we've put out measures. One month ago, it was a lot more negative. It still is. Um, So speaking to people, they... I wouldn't say they've been positive or negative about it. You know, uh, it's improved. It's definitely improved because the cases have lessened here while it's still rising. And most of it, it's coming. What we're getting here is a lot of imported cases. So um, in terms of the sentiment, it's still, you know, it's still in between negative and positive. Okay. Well, I think that, I mean, in itself is slightly more positive than here because I think we're still very much amping up. There's in... England and I speak to a lot of people in Italy, for example, where they seem to be at the very epicenter of it globally at the moment. They're still waiting for that turning point. They're still waiting to see that negative at least become neutral, even if it doesn't become positive just yet. So it's interesting to see the different perspectives because we did a piece just as this started, really, where we spoke to several Italian fund selectors who were based in Milan mainly, because that is the financial sector, which is also one of the hardest hit areas. And they were talking about the challenges of working from home. And at that point, it seems fairly not innocuous but it did seem like they were managing to do what they needed to they weren't that uh scared about the knock-on effects but then i think we are we both work in the media we both work for uh news publications you do then get drawn to the headlines of death tolls infection rates and and it does seem to be a very largely negative thing has asia had that same sort of blanket media coverage as well of course it has we've had uh, a lot of death in asia um, mostly out of China, of course, and then, you know, we've also had, there's, there's also numbers rising in the Middle East as well. The good news with, with Asia is that, I, what, how I see the Asia and Western, and the Western countries, how this is happening is Asia has put out, has scrambled out responses, measures that we've, you know, we've been using for the last month, and now Western governments are using that measures as well to restrict, mm. for example, early travel restrictions or even screening contacts or um, strict quarantine. These are all policies that was already implemented in Asia. For example, even Taiwan, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, uh, about a month ago. And Singapore, in fact, has uh, been a lot more strict uh, with uh, employees working from home. They are demanding that you know uh, most people allow their employees to work from home as well. So um, in terms of sentiment, in that sense, you know, the death is rising, uh, but it's definitely lower numbers, slightly lower numbers in the region. But it, it's definitely a care for consumer. Well, it's, an, it's quite a stark contrast because I was looking at stats this morning and I didn't want to focus this purely on what's happening in coronavirus also because that moves so quickly and it changes every day. But according to um, 
figures I saw, Singapore has only had three deaths so far out of 926 cases, which seems that that was that a containment thing? Did you feel the containment thing? Did you notice that there were restrictions coming into place? No, yes, definitely. One is the containment thing. What Singapore did was we were a little bit more proactive. We started implementing measures quite quickly. China, on the other hand, for us, you know, we, you know, in China, on the other hand, as soon as China found out about the virus, China delayed containment. They did not lock down their cities as quickly. But other countries were responding because the virus was spreading, and Singapore, in that regard, um, responded quite quickly as well. Uh, a lot of measures were taken. So one of the things we talked about beforehand was um, a note that I found from Sam Corner, who used to work at Macquarie. He set up his group uh, Stonehorn in Hong Kong, and he said that this will have implications from an investment perspective because it's hard to call Asia an emerging market when it's had such a considered, like, developed response. So moving on to the investment side of things, what are you hearing in terms of um, allocations and investment ideas? Well, my take is Asia has been developing over the years, and that's quite testament with how businesses are moving to Asia. They're trying to expand in Asia. So if anything, Asia should not be an emerging market in that sense. Um, in terms of investments, there's a sentiment now where you know a lot of it, a lot of the cases, you know, a lot of the situation in the coronavirus situation is moving from the east to the west. So the real question that's going around a lot of our private banks, even asset managers, for example, that I've spoken to, is that um, the question that I've asked is: given the situation, are investors looking to invest in Asia more? And given that China is restarting its businesses again, is China the next place to be? at the current moment. And the response that I get from most is that when did China ever lose its essence? It has always been a long-term view, given the fact that they have been opening up their markets. Uh, they, their bond market is really huge as well. And Asia, in that sense, uh, what, what, what I'm hearing right now is that um, this is the time to buy emerging market, buy into emerging markets. I see. And it's, that's a really valid point because it does seem to be people thought that China was going to have a huge hit in terms of sentiment. But it seems like a lot of people have viewed it as a very long term story then. Yes, definitely. You know, but having said that, you also get the flip side of the coin here. You know, like there are people who are very bullish. You know, if, if you see in a scale, nine out of 10 private banks or asset managers are bullish on China for, you know, for many reasons, because, because the size of their economy, there's so much wealth sitting in that country. For example, you know, there's so much wealth and it's only a certain fraction of that wealth is being managed by local managers or local banks there. So there's a lot of opportunity for international players to tap into that market. So in terms of a investment sentiment, I do not think the coronavirus is going to keep people away from China. Okay. Is that looking at that because you do speak to asset managers and private banks, is the support universal or are you seeing that private banks are more supportive or asset managers are more supportive or is it they're both equally supportive? Oh, they're both equally supported. In fact, a lot of asset managers have expanded into China as well. Uh, so have uh, private banks. I see. One thing we, we talked about from our side of things as well was we looked at the actual sort of business impact that the coronavirus is going to have. And Margarita Kirikosian on my team did a very good piece where she spoke to a number of the largest asset managers and asked them outright, what does this mean for your hiring plans? I spoke to an ESG company yesterday and they said that this isn't going to have any, any impact. If anything, ESG is going to see a boost here because people want to do the right thing 
they'll almost hit the reset button and add people. But have you spoken to anybody in your market about staff numbers and personnel? Um, I saw Bank of China saying they won't be cutting staff. Have many come out and actually said anything along those lines? Um, yes, you see, cutting back staff, this has been happening for a while now. And if anything, quite a number of banks have actually come out and said that they're going to delay cutting back staff during this period. And one of it is HSBC as well. Uh, it said that HSBC earlier this year announced that they were going to cut 30, about 35 number of jobs. And uh, they did put out recently that they were going to pause that temporarily during the, the, present, the present uncertainty. Um, so has Citibank and Morgan Stanley as well. And Bank of China, in that regard, uh, said that they will not freeze any salaries or even retrench anyone during this time. But they did also say that, the, you know, their business has taken a bit of a toll uh, in, in Hong yeah. Kong, for example. Yeah, I see. It seems like one, it's an interesting one because a lot of companies don't want to say anything in case the situation changes even further. But then we have had, I mean, Capital Group, huge US group have come out and said, no, this doesn't change anything for them. So it's just intriguing to see how different companies are responding, really. Well, you know, Chris, oh, quite honestly, the reality is nobody wants to lose a job during a time when we're actually literally going into a recession. Um, having said that, I don't think that banks or anyone would do that. In fact, I think private banks have been very supportive as well. They've been putting out different uh, pledges. For example, seeing um, Stanchart put out this week that they were going to um, fund uh, uh, $1 billion to help companies that actually produce... Wow. Uh, products and services related to the virus. Is that one billion Sing dollars? One billion USD, I believe. But oh, well, okay, okay. That's. I mean, we are seeing. We did a piece yesterday also about the commitment levels of companies, and you've seen a number of companies step up and do things differently. Generally, in the Italian market, have gotten a, a one million euro, no, up to a hundred million euros committed for an emergency international relief fund, and they've started to use that money to buy ventilators from other countries to go into Italy because generally or maybe may have it slightly wrong but they are one of the largest insurers in Italy they have a huge presence in Milan so you can see that it's affecting them very close to home yeah one thing one thing I wanted to get onto Audrey is because we're both doing this remotely we're both doing this from our respective um, flats at the moment um, what has your experience been like is it eerily quiet have you seen did lockdown come in very suddenly uh, the lock, we're not in Singapore, we're not in a, in phase one lockdown yet, but we are being advised to work from home. The I government see. has not put that out yet, as opposed to other countries where Malaysia is currently on a lockdown, India is, you know, it's lockdown 21 days as well. Um, so working from home, um, you know, if anything, I would say that I'm still, it's still business as usual. Uh, a lot of things are done digitally, we're, you know, productive as ever. You know, there's a lot of social distancing as well, you know, kind of common to other countries as well. Yeah. Uh, restaurants have been uh, have been a bit more quieter for restaurants. Pubs have been closed. Uh, we are advised not to go to the gym as much as well. So a lot of things are done indoor, but the community spirit in Singapore, I believe it's it's really strong. For example, I live in a, in a, in a building, right? where, uh, you know, it, it's 15 stories and, you know, every week there will be at least one resident who actually puts a hand sanitizer in the lift so that everyone yeah. can use it. Yeah. So the inter and it's not only in my building, but and, and it happens across, you know, across city-state as well. So in terms of community spirit, it's, it's pretty high here. That's a very interesting, and that sounds, I mean, I'm not going to uh, badmouth the UK experience at all, but we have a very mixed experience here where, if you go in, uh, supermarkets are 
we are complete lockdown. Restaurants are closed, pubs are closed, gyms are closed. You're allowed out for uh, only essential travel during the day. You're allowed out for one piece of exercise, which they still haven't given any proper guidance on how long that would be. I saw the health secretary on Sunday talk about it being um, up to one hour of running or 30 minutes of oh, one hour of walking or 30 minutes of running. And so it's a very strange scenario where the window I'm in at the moment, I can look out and I can just see an empty riverside and it's, it's very calming. And also, I don't know if this is the same for you. There are no planes in the sky. And so we've just had clear blue skies for probably four or five days now. And it's just quite peaceful in a way. And then you suddenly snap back to realize why it is peaceful. Yes, it is. It's a lot more quieter as well, definitely. Mm. Yeah. One thing that, um, so like I said, we have worked together on this View from Asia piece. We've worked together on looking at um, how the market is going to develop. Just as a quick overview, were there any major takeaways or major things you took from that? Was it largely uh, strong emphasis on China and some emerging ideas? Or were there some surprises in there as well? Yeah. So one of the things I found interesting is about one is the recession bit where, you know, as you know, like everyone is saying, you know, everyone's predicting and expecting a, re a recession for the given reasons. Um, but this could even change uh, investor sentiment and how they invest going forward. That, that's something that's, you know, being discussed as well. The slowdown could, you know, even temporarily cause like deep rooted problems in, you know, and imbalances in the economy. In China, for example, you know, people are still bullish on China. It's still a market that, you know, investors are looking at and recommending. And India, we also looked at, we also covered the Indian market. The Indian market isn't at the top of the agenda for most investors. But, you know, it's, it's a market that is still doing well. A lot of family offices have expanded there, uh, you know, doing business there. In, in, and it's, it's something that's moving as well. But, yeah. Uh, does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. Definitely. Um, I think it's just it's a situation where I think if we have this conversation in a month's time, there'll be many things that have changed. But also those underlying trends of potential expansion and long term hope for China, they would still be in place. So, Audrey, thank you very much for taking the time because um, it's good to talk to you. It's good to get some insight from on the ground in Singapore. Um, stay safe. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.